For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, everybody, what's up? What's up? Welcome to Brother from Another on a Friday. We don't care how you're consuming us. We're just glad that you are. You're watching on Peacock TV. Thank you very much. Listening on Sirius XM, Channel 85, watching on YouTube. However you listen to podcasts, whatever you're doing, appreciate you, love you, we thank you, we're grateful, all that good stuff. It's all, we got lots of things to say, but we are. We are all those things that I just said. Natalie, we have yeah. so much to get to. We have so much to get to. I hesitate, I hesitate to even like dip my toe into the water here. I hesitate because I just noticed as we, as we as we did the recap from yesterday, I noticed that I had one of those, you know, record scratch, you know, those record scratch moments. Whoa, record scratch, music stops. I declared that the Denver Nuggets are the team to beat you in did. the Western Conference. You were not on the show. I don't know what you were doing. I imagine you were like drinking some water and you just dropped the water <laughs> or something. Like the glass shatters, everything around you stops. I'm going to ask you because I do want to talk about the Denver Nuggets specifically one okay. part of the Denver Nuggets, but in totality, do you disagree with that statement that the Denver Nuggets are the team to beat in the Western Conference? I mean, it's not as dramatic as you made it seem. Uh, I think it's a reasonable take. You know, I don't think it's unreasonable. They're the number one seed uh, in the West. They might have, the, I don't even remember right now if they are, if who has the better record, them or Milwaukee, but they may have the first or second best record in the NBA. You know, I think when you have a record like that and you're at the top of the standings, yeah, you you should probably be deemed uh the team to beat unless you're the former champions and then I think that you can't overlook them no matter how they look and being that the Warriors are not just the former champions but they are a dynasty and have um, been to six of the last eight finals and won four out of the six that they've been in I feel like no matter what you can never just overlook them with that being said that it still raises eyebrows that it still raises questions when you call Denver the team to beat I think that's the more notable thing that people are like Ooh. Okay. I don't know so that, that it's giving people that pause I think is what is noteworthy uh, you know it, that's a very artful job of maneuverability there you know, growing up, growing up in Ohio, uh, on our driving test, we have to do something called maneuverability. Now, I think it's pretty simple. And it's a great test because as I moved to the East Coast, I find that a lot of people on the East Coast didn't really do that test based on the way they drive. Okay, when when they see a parking spot. So here's the here's the deal. You get five. You get five traffic cones. You get five traffic cones. One, two. There's one at the point. It's like a one-two-two defense. Okay, you got one at the point, and you got two traffic cones. You got to take your car up to that top, that number one cone, and you got to reverse it and go back without knocking over the cones. A lot of people, 
don't know how to do that. But that's how you that was a parking element. You if you didn't if you didn't get that part, you couldn't get your license. So you did a really artful job of maneuverability there. You didn't hit any of the traffic cones. You didn't say the name. You start you start off about the Denver Nuggets. You said when you have a record like that, but you didn't mention when you have a player like Nikola Jokic. You didn't even say his name. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh my we gosh. are in for it. starting the drama. You're making we are. Oh, we're starting. Oh, we in. Oh, we in there. I do not. Oh, we in there. I do not. We in there. Uh, I will say that uh, before we start this conversation, uh, I've told Natalie this off the air. I've always been a fan of the comment section. I don't, I don't just put it in the feed just because. I really do. I'm always here for the comments, and I feel like that there was a way we could have unlocked the comments better, and I couldn't figure it out. And Natalie, you figured it out. We're going to do comments. We're going <laughs> to weave it throughout the show. I think it's a brilliant uh, tactical move. So let's start our comments. With Nikola Jokic, you talked about it. You've talked about uh, Jokic a lot. He has been a a, a lightning rod. I, I guess that's the way of saying it. He's he's been a lightning rod uh, throughout the NBA this season in particular because he is, depending on who you read, who you believe, he is the leading candidate to win the MVP, which will make it three in a row for Jokic. If it were two in a row. I don't think it'd be getting so much static, so much conversation, but three in a row is yeah. a trigger for some folks. So uh, what are the people saying about Nikola Jokic? Yeah, um, and I just want to give this disclaimer, okay? Like, if it were not for Nikola Jokic, I would not even take Denver seriously, as in, like, I would just look at them as, like, the Utah Jazz of the past, uh, a great regular season team who is not going to go anywhere. So, yes, it is because of him that they have a chance to actually contend. Uh, but we had a conversation, not specifically about the Denver, Denver Nuggets, but um, it was, we were, we, as in myself, our friend uh, Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, um, and Kelsey Nicole Nelson uh, during Women's Wednesdays, on International Women's Day, <laughs> we had a conversation about Jokic um, reacting to a conversation that occurred between JJ Redick and Kendrick Perkins. And uh, Kendrick Perkins alluded to maybe race playing a factor in some of the voters' decision or why Jokic is the front runner and seem at least when we look at things to be so clear of the other candidates, like people are sort of talking like this isn't even a contest. And JJ Redick's reaction was like he was very offended. He thought like Kendrick Perkins was suggesting the voters were racist and it sort of just became this yelling match. Um, I thought it was interesting and this is something that I had text about. I'm um, not text tweeted about before um, and I got a lot of flack for it. So we just decided to tackle it on the show and and try to have a nuanced conversation around it. And so, for example, this this comment that's here on the screen, a race factor. He's averaging a triple-double on 64% shooting. Um, then he used some acronyms to tell me where we could go. Yeah. And he said, y'all yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hating. And the reason I picked this comment, it it, it embodies basically what, what many were saying. Um, but I also like the reply to this. I don't need to read the whole thing. But this person goes on to kind of state why Embiid won't shoot 64% and, and how he's a different player. And I, I think the overall important part of that is we get so lost in the efficiency of Jokic. He's like 
an advanced metrics king. And let me tell you something. I love advanced stats because let me tell you, my boy Steph Curry, like he's at the top of them. So I would have no reason to hate advanced metrics. But I made this point before on the show that being the best or having the best advanced metrics doesn't mean that you are more valuable. It doesn't mean that you are more valuable to your team. It might mean that you're a more efficient player. It might mean that you are a um, better offensive player. But does anyone think that the Sixers have a chance without Joel Embiid? Do we think they're going anywhere without Embiid? Also, when you traditionally have a bigger role on defense, on a team, your offense is affected by that, right? So how are we looking at that when we're weighing it? Like, yes, Jokic is a more efficient player and his offensive stats look cleaner and nicer, but we saw what happened when they went head to head and Jokic went up against um, Embiid, you know? Like Embiid is a defensive force and the way that guards attack um, Jokic, they can't attack Embiid. So this is not a case for Joel Embiid, but I think what people are saying is like, why is there a conversation that just puts him ahead of everyone it suggests that no one else is in the conversation with him and it's been the last three years you know this is the third year and each year the reasoning was a little different but it just becomes a point when people are saying okay three years in a row some of the things that we've applied to past two-time winners yeah, I mean, let me just let me just finish it and lay it out. We can say it's, it's dangerous, dangerous, but yeah, this is, is this, for, for these, many these, reasons. For many but reasons. these are this is what's okay. happening. We we can talk about why it is right, but we didn't hear the voter fatigue about him the way we have with other past two-time MVPs. Um, it didn't like prevent him from really being in the conversation. Uh, and I, you, I think yourself and others have brought up the fact that like, you know, when Wilt got his three in a row, you know, he didn't win a championship every year, but he had won a championship. He had been in the finals. So had Larry Bird and so had Bill when? Russell. When? What do you mean? When did Wilt, uh, oh, when, when did Wilt win his first? I, I don't think he had. No, it's not about I don't the think first. he had. Lot, lots I'm of saying, I, I think by the time, I think Wilt, Probably hadn't won if Will if Will won three in a row. I'm and I just need to see the years, but I'm guessing he only Will didn't win that many titles. By the way, I didn't say he, he won that many titles, but he didn't say he won. He'd won one, I and he'd also, but he'd been to the finals. Jokic hasn't even been to the finals. You cannot say that about any of the three who have won consecutive MVPs. You can't even say that about any other player who has three MVPs. And so this but is it, why people are like, yeah. what, why is he being okay. treated so differently? And that's why the questions are being raised. Okay, well, I would say this. I would say this uh, on, on a few things. One, uh, question of bias. So we get to, you know, we're talking about bias and maybe there's some bias involved uh, with the voters, whatever. There's bias. Everybody has some form of bias. Absolutely. Whether they, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. I'm not even talking about the big one. I'm You're not saying talking any about kind race. of bias. Exactly. I, I'm talking about any kind of bias. For example, exactly. for example, and, and, you know, let, let me just scratch this itch again. I've done it before, but let me just scratch one more. Just very, just very briefly for about 30 seconds. I'll scratch the itch of JJ Reddick, who was sitting there trying to lecture Kendrick Perkins, let me scratch this itch about his bias when it comes to players in the league, players who he was able, JJ, 
He was able to build his career off the backs of these players, but he's out. He's got a bias against them. Some of the things he said about Wilt's era and Bob Cousy's era and Bill Russell's era are flat out disrespectful. And if I were a different kind of brother, I just might want to smack him on GP. So, so, so Dominic he's wrong. Went at him already. Dominic hey, went at he's him. wrong. He's so yeah. wrong. He's so wrong to say, oh, these were uh, firemen and plumbers and all that stuff. When, when Bill Russell, you know, was winning five MVPs in that league, when Jerry West was in that league, Oscar Robertson was in that league. So I just, I, I find his view on the era that he's now taking advantage of financially. I find his view kind of distasteful. Anyway, uh, th that, that's the end of that on him. But I would say, Natalie, the problem with comparing this potential three-time MVP, three straight MVP, to the others is that, yes, in, in, in some cases, the goalposts do move and they need to because the game changes. And we keep up, we adjust based on what we've seen. So if you had told me, now if you tell me now, hey, you believe that Russell Westbrook got an MVP because he just happened to be the first one since Oscar Robinson, uh, Robertson to get a triple, to average a triple double? I'd be like, yeah, uh, I, I believe it because at the time we valued it. We valued averaging a triple double. Well, I never I, did. I, I'd say you didn't. Okay, you're in the. <laughs> I you're, never you're, did. You're rare. But a lot of people did and because it was a it was a big deal. Oscar did it. I think in 1962 and then it took a long time for somebody to get there. Others came close. Uh, Magic Johnson came close, obviously. But we don't look at it like that anymore. And so like the game what the game was in the 80s with Larry Bird. It's not like that anymore. What the game was like with Wilt and, and Bill Russell. It's not like that anymore. So of course we're going to adjust and we're going to shift the focus in all voters, all voters, and this is a, this is my defense of the voters. All of them do not think the same. A lot of them might of they don't. look the same. A lot of them might look the same in majority, but they don't think the same. And so like to go at to go at voters who are all evaluating, let's say five great players every year in an MVP conversation. There are five really great players. Some years it's three. I, okay, this year, all of those guys, every single one of those guys on my screen, I got six of them there. They're terrific. None of them would have to apologize if they if they wound up holding a regular season MVP award. Giannis didn't have to apologize. Anybody, Joel Embiid didn't have to apologize. Even Dame Lillard champion, on, the, on the losing on the losing uh, trailblazers would not have to apologize. So I, I think I think the conversation kind of has gone down some side roads. It doesn't necessarily need to go down. I don't think it has to. And Gary, can you put the comments back up? Um, the the because this was a point that someone made. You know, this is not the time and place for this conversation. This is the issue I have with this idea. When is the time and place? When can we talk about this? This is not about Jokic. It's not about him because we've acknowledged many times over he's having a year that's deserving of MVP. But nothing has changed about the game of basketball that would change the way the criteria. Not that one. The other one. Um, the other set of comments. Um, nothing has changed about the game of basketball that would warrant 
the kind of changes that we've made. In the first couple of years when Jokic won, first of all, in his first year of winning and his second year of winning, the team didn't win 50 games. Um, last year, they were a six seed. Russell Westbrook was actually the first departure. Does that matter? 20 second huh? timeout, 20 second timeout. Real quick, 20 second timeout. Yeah. Does that matter to you? Yes, it does. Is, is that, is that we, your, so is that, your, is that your number one? That, one? What's the, what's the threshold? Is it 50 wins? Is it 60 wins? No, it's not. What I'm it, saying it, is, I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you. For me, to me, the standard has always been loosely the best player on the best team. And let me explain what I mean by that. I don't literally mean the player who is um, the number one seed. But usually, typically, if you go through the history of MVP candidates, before Russell Westbrook, he was the first departure. It was usually someone who was on a top one to three seed, and they were the best player on the team. And and I was very against the Russell Westbrook pick because people were caught up in the triple-double, but more importantly, there was a narrative. It was like, oh, Katie left him, and, and it, there was sort of this other kind of thing driving it. And he was the first departure away from the traditional criteria. And the second MVP that was awarded to Yoke was like that. It was like, well, he's doing less with more. Okay, he wouldn't well, be the but, first. But who's oh, let me just finish this thing. I promise, and then I'm going to stop. He wouldn't be the first player to do less with more, Michael. He wouldn't. And what you're doing That's is right. you're... You're penalizing players whose teammates remained healthy. Do we think that every other star player in the league, if they were not in Jokic's position and all their teammates were gone, that they would not average a lot of points and score? You see, so you're penalizing them for their yeah. teams remaining healthy, right? And so he, so two yeah. years in a row, two years in a row, he got the award. Well, he did more with less. Now this year, when he finally meets the traditional criteria, when he finally has the team and they're number one, then they say, okay, let's give it to him again. But the guys who were doing those same things in the past two years, they were dinged because- that it, it, it's not about a single year. If you look at each MVP year individually, right. you can always make a case. It's about the pattern, and that's why we're talking about it. And anyone can yeah, disagree, but there's a pattern. There, it, it, there's something different, and people are talking about it, and that should be okay. To I talk would say, about. yeah, it's okay to talk about, but it's okay to talk about this. It's also it's it's also okay to consider other possibilities. I'm gonna give you two other possibilities. Sure. Well, I'll give you one other. Po- I'll g- I'm gonna give you one other possibility in this one statement. And the statement being, you can't say voters gave it to them because of voter fatigue. Some did, but to say that the majority of voters did something uh, in unison, I think is unfair. If you haven't asked each voter, why did you vote for Giannis? Uh, why did you vote for Giannis and not uh, Jokic, or vice versa? Why'd you vote for that guy and not that guy? And also MVP voters change. So we go back to, uh, and I heard Kendrick Perkins doing this, you know, going back to like 1990. Dude, some of the people who voted in 1990, uh, they're not covering basketball anymore. They're not voters anymore. Uh, They're up in heaven with Red Auerbach, you know, watching our conversation right now. I hope they're in heaven. Um, So (laughs) you can't really connect all these things. But why don't we consider this the bias? It probably uh, is a very strong case that the bias that we're looking at 
is analytical. It's just a, a, a bias toward analytics. And that that's the pattern. It's not even narratives at all. But it's why can there only be one bias? Gone, well, well no, no, there could be there's an analytics there could bias be, too. I there could be you. several of them, but I'm saying, but maybe the number one thing that we're dealing with, the scandal here, the scandal in quotes, is that we have gone so far uh, in the direction of analytics, which I do respect. Uh, it's not the be all end all, but it's a tool. Analytics are a tool. Uh, but maybe some people have taken the tool. It's happening, and not just in basketball, it's happening in baseball too. That's why a lot of people. Who were uh, who were not seen as baseball Hall of Famers in their era, are now being considered post-era because their careers are being viewed through the prism of analytics and not, hey, I watched him his whole career and he was just short. Now these people are saying, right. wait a minute, look at his WAR, look at his on-base percentage, look at his uh, look at his uh, on-base plus slugging. It is above this. So I think that's what's happening in basketball. Uh, but all that being said, I love Jokic. I'm a Jokic. I, I love him. Natalie, I love him. I don't like him. I love him. No kidding. I really I love, like him. I'm I, a fan I love, of him. So, but I'm going to have conversations in my opinion. It's not going to stop me. <laughs> I, I, look, we don't want you to stop. We don't want to stop. Let's keep going. Brother from another on a Friday. Oh, it's off. We're off and running. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. You know, I feel like my stuff that I said was facts, and we'll see at the end of the year what they do with him. Um, but you know, does um, it piss you off? Does it? I mean, no, it no, no, because I know I'm a better player than him. I could do the same stuff like he does. That's easy. You know, that's just showing up to work. You know, I ain't out there, you know, getting physical altercations with my teammates. You know, I sit there and talk to them, try to, you know, um, you know, not break them down, but you know, build them up. I guess called a rivalry now has obviously been heated. It's on not a call to rivalry. What's that now? This a rivalry? You want to call it that or no? If you want to call it that, but I, I, I disagree. 
All right. Well, whatever you want to call it, I guess. Like it's a basketball game. One team has to win, and then another team has to win. Then, like that's what creates a rivalry. Not because one team um, gets up for you and talk like they can beat you, and then not. That doesn't create a rivalry. Rivalries are created by you win, I win. Clearly, we won four times, and I think their organization has zero championships, so I can't consider that a rivalry. <laughs> oh, he is <laughs> ruthless. Ruthless. Oh, oh, oh. I think. I that think. Is hey, cold. hey, listen. You can. Y'all might want to fact check me on this. I think the Grizzlies. Any, any championships? Anybody? Uh, but they were in Vancouver. Did they win? In, oh, they didn't win in Vancouver either. Oh, zero championships. Oh, it's cold. That boy's cold. He's cold. Very. Zena Kata. Very. Zena Kata. First time joining us. What's happening? Welcome to Brother from Another. Uh, good to see you. Thank you. And I just, I want to know. I, I'm loving this. It, maybe it's not an on-court rivalry, Zena, but I'm loving the mm. off-court podcast press conference rivalry. Uh, between Draymond <laughs> Green and Dylan Brooks, and in that, that rivalry, new media. <laughs> and, and right. I was gonna say, and, and in that rivalry, it's four championships to zero too, because Draymond is wiping the floor with them there too, uh, with some pretty good put downs. What 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 do you make of what do you make for uh, of this back and forth between these two players? I, I think it's it's so silly, it's ridiculous. So. Draymond defined rivalry as like you win one, you win one. I looked at the definition of rivalry, but one of the of the definitions is an equal or a peer. And we heard Dylan Brooks talk about I'm the same player, I'm the same person, and we know that is not factually true. Like we can look at the stats and know that that is not factually true, but we also can look at what impact Draymond has made on his organization versus what Dylan Brooks has yet to make on his organization. And it's just not factually true. So you can't say that you're in a rivalry if someone is not your equal or your peer. So from a semantics perspective, it's silly. But it is entertaining. I mean, I'm eating popcorn, just waiting to see what Draymond says next. Because that boy is cold. And this is a very much like young, like young, young boy, young bull, sit down. Sit down, please chill with these comments that you're making and these accusations and these grandstanding, like he's not bothered. Sir, you're not, you're, you're bothered. You're talking about it a lot. And you're saying like, oh, his podcast is cute. It's fun. You're bothered. Come on, let's be real. Whole team chirps said, a lot. Yeah. Chirp a little too much for my liking. Yeah, yeah said, they have a lot of fun with it. He said he should have said thank you. He got his, he got his podcast views up and you should have at least right. said thank you, said, said Dylan Brooks. But Natalie, you know my favorite, my favorite <laughs> line is still the, the the dynasty doesn't start with you. It oh, starts with after you. you. <laughs> it starts after you. After you. I mean that is disrespectful. He, Sorry, Nat. I had no. Dylan got his little, you know, you won last night, you got your little attention or whatever it is that you're looking for. But I mean, just the audacity, the gall, like you can do what Draymond does. If you could do that, your team would be in a much different position. Like, what are we even doing here? It's mm. wild disrespectful. And there are times that Draymond annoys me and I'm a Warriors fan, but that is wild disrespectful, <laughs> you know? And at the end of the day, this team talks, they talk. It's all of them, all of them from from Jaron Jackson mm -hmm. to 
talking about strength in numbers to job. We know everything going on with him. To do, they just love to talk. And the Warriors always end it. And then when we end it, and the fan base and the players are savage about it, then it's all this woe is me. I don't want to hear it. So get excited about your little win in March, but the postseason <laughs> will soon be among us. Right. Draymond said, I don't even get out of it's hard for me to get out of bed in March. Like this this game is meaningless. And the thing is, it's so funny because they definitely played into it. Dylan Brooks had 14 points last night. He was one of seven from the field. And did he do that great of a job on Steph Curry? No. So having him as the post-game interview was strategic. Obviously, everyone else is feeding into this. They're having a ball, listening to them go back and forth. And at this point, as if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, and I'm thinking their PR team or whomever, why do you want to make this your stake? like your identity within the NBA? Why do you want to make this the, we're the chirpers, we're the people that are going to try and rally people up. We're the ones that are going to like push up against Big Brother, Golden State, to try and make them feel like, oh, we're coming. When, again, when you look at the way that this team is matched up against the Golden State Warriors, there is no proof of such thing. So I don't know why they're choosing that, but the media is definitely feeding into it for sure. Yeah, I like it though. I like, as you said, it's entertaining and popcorn is my favorite snack, Xena. So I will, it gives me an excuse <laughs> to get an extra bowl or two. Let me, uh, I asked Natalie this uh, yesterday. I'll ask you now. I said yesterday that Denver Nuggets are the team to beat in the Western Conference. Mm. Uh, do you buy yeah. that? And if it's not Denver, you know, where does, where does Golden State right now snapshot after this loss last night? Where does Golden State State rank in uh, relation to the other top teams in the West? I think now, unfortunately, with Kevin Durant getting hurt, that statement I would agree with. And the reason why is because the West is so inconsistent. There are no dominant teams right now where it's just the way that we saw Kevin Durant and Devin Booker just take over the last three games that they played together. I mean, I think they had 72 between the two of them. Um, in one game, that is dominance. That is something you can count on no matter what. You can't right now count on, you're looking at Luka and Kyrie right now, they're not gelling. And Luka just got hurt, unfortunately. You're looking at the Clippers, they're not gelling. Still trying to figure out this rust thing. So when you, and then Memphis, obviously, same thing. They have some inconsistencies in terms of who's on the floor and also who they think they are when they're on the floor. So when I look at the West, I'm like, yeah, who is who has been consistent in their output? It's been Denver. And they're, the, the players that they put in place, I mean, I think that um, their additions this season, especially with, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his last name, Aaron. Um, great additions Gordon. defensively. Aaron they Gordon. Got their, Gordon, thank you. Aaron Gordon. Uh, great additions defensively. They got some snipers on the outside. And of course, the pillar inside that is consistent game in, game out. In Jokic, it's like, yeah, they show up and show out and they bring their brand of basketball every single night, which is what you can't quite see within the rest of the West. Um, and so, yeah, I would say they're the team to beat. <laughs> you want me to react to that, Mike? <laughs> uh, yeah, just want you to, like, I, I know you got it. Come on, girl, let's go. Got, let's go. I know you got a reaction. Go ahead, go ahead, Natalie. I, I, we talked about it earlier. I don't think that that's a mm -hmm. crazy thing at all. I think Denver deserves that respect for their record, and they deserve it because sure. 
Nicole Jokic is him. You know, I consider him to be a top three to five player in the NBA. It depends on the night, but, you know, he's up there. Sure. Um, and so, of course, like, you would have to consider them and, and, and respect them as such. But because, like I said, the West is a mess. And because of that guy, Stephen Curry, y'all love to forget about, um, until I see a team beat the Warriors four times in a series, until I see that yeah. happen, I'm not discounting the champs. Draymond okay. said the Warriors okay. Invitational, it still goes through us. And when you have Steph and Dre and Clay looking like the way he has, they just okay. need to get to the they just need to get to the postseason healthy. And if they can do that and have all their bodies, no one will want to see them. Okay. Can I add right. to that? So, I'm I took yeah, that question yeah, as the team to beat for yeah. the Warriors to beat. For sure. That's how I, I frame that question. I agree with you, Nat. I agree with you. I think, you know, we've talked about this and this has been a conversation throughout Twitter for months. The Warriors have had the craziest roller coaster of injuries, personnel, drama around the team, you you name it this season. It's been, when you're talking about that word inconsistent, it, that is the definition of what they've experienced. But again, March is very different than playoff time, right? March is very different than June. And when you're thinking about a full team, Everyone back, everyone on the same page, a lineup set. There isn't a lot of movement back and forth between our two-way players or injuries and things of that sort. I agree. I don't see someone going through their big three, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and then adding in the defensive prowess of Wiggins and GP2 when they come back. Okay, I'm just going to tell you all this. This is the last thing I'm going to say, Zena. Uh, First Mm. of all, hell of a debut. Hell of a debut on Brother From Another. I mean, like, uh, this is... This is, you made you made the all rookie team. You made the all star team. You're in conversation for all NBA. Uh, hell, <laughs> hell of a debut. Okay, but I'm just gonna tell y'all this. As somebody mm. who uh, lived who's lived in Boston for a long time, so I've witnessed a dynasty with the Patriots. They had three in the front door, the front door of the dynasty. Mm. But a dynasty has a back door. Three at the back door. Okay, total of six. When you're winning, okay, you get a little arrogant. You talk a lot of trash. When the dynasty is over, just you'll be surprised mm. at the amount of haters who go come at you and they're going to stand over your grave and they're going to do disrespectful <laughs> things. So y'all, y'all talking a lot of trash. I'm just telling y'all, if the Warriors <laughs> don't do yeah, it, fair, fair, fair. Don't, don't, don't call it hatred. Don't say, but why is everybody being so mean to us? No, 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 it's no, coming, no, 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 okay? no, 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 it's, <laughs> it's circumstantial. It's all circumstantial, right? We're, we're being pragmatic. I think we're being pragmatic about the fact that yes, right now with the team in shambles. Yeah. I can imagine why people are not considering the warriors, but imagine them all together, strong, healthy. Come on, oh, come on. That. No, Ooh. I in the two yeah. years when the flash bros were out, Michael. Let me tell you something people were dancing on their grave. They were like, Oh, the Warriors are over, they're over. And then last year, they were like, Oh, they can't wait. Life skins, why won't they go away? So, listen to me, Michael. Listen to me, okay? I don't care. Right. I'm I welcome the dancing on Done. the grave. It's not here yet. It's mm. not here. Okay, that's my guy, by the way, Kaminga. You know. I, I love him. I love him. That's yeah. the key. I love Kaminga. Anyway, I can't Zena, believe. I mean, always... these two court, these pre warm ups. Oof. Sorry, these pre game warm ups getting players injured is like depressing. It's absolutely frustrating, but that's another conversation. <laughs> hey, Zena, come, come back anytime, really. Uh, we enjoyed, we enjoyed uh, meeting with you. I, I know Natalie is 
has followed you for for a long time. But for for me, for me, it was the first time. But come yeah. back anytime. We'd love to uh, talk some Warriors and other things. We got other things to talk mm-hmm. about. Our brother, we got other up. things to talk about. There's a whole league out there. And Zena used There's to hoop. League. She knows that. She knows that. Multiple leagues. Well, used to hoop, probably still hoops, right? When's the last time you played, Zena? Still shoots. I still shoot. I, I, I have not played in a while. Knees and back are like, sit, sit down. <laughs> you made no secret of, of, of how cool it would be to play with Aaron Rodgers. What is your pitch? You got a chance to talk to Aaron Rodgers. What are you telling him about uh, coming to New York? I'm telling him how close we are. I'm telling him we're right there. Um, you got a chance to, to finish your career in the biggest city where they haven't done it before. They haven't won in a while um, since the 60s. So, so you know, that's my pitch to him. You could put that 12 on. I think we retired it, actually. But you could bring it out for yeah, him, though. Yeah, yeah. I, right I, I think Joe might be okay hey, Joe with said, that. Joe, so said, he, he, Joe he, said, said he's it? cool with it. He, he actually cool came it? on the record. He's yeah. like, I'm good. Yeah. We, we, you can have hey, 12. It's been so long. I bet he is, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man, that would be my pitch to him. You know, take that 12 out of retirement and, and let's do something special, you know? Oh, that was Garrett Wilson, Ohio State's Garrett Wilson. Right. Uh, Ohio State's Burt Breer joins us too. But uh, Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets, Offensive Rookie of the Year, says, hey, Aaron Rodgers, come with us. We're close. And you can do something special. So, Burt, I keep checking. But right before you came on, I checked again. Hey, is anything happening with Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, and the Jets? When do you think this something will happen, and what do you expect to happen? Yeah, so imagine what my life is like right now, Michael. It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think it's really sort of up to him, you know. And I think the ball's in his court. I think the trade terms are workable. I think the contract is workable. Um, I don't think that there are any real like I would say stumbling ball blocks that'll prevent a deal there, other than Aaron Rodgers deciding he doesn't want to go to New York or he doesn't want to play at all. And those two things seem like the most likely outcomes now, either retiring or playing for the Jets. Um, now, the Jet, the Packers haven't completely moved on, but the way they've approached this offseason is just completely different than the last two years. The last two years, it's we'll leave the light on for you. Um, take your time, Aaron. Make a conscious decision, Aaron. We'll build the team for you, Aaron. This year, it's more like, let us know by free agency because we got plans to make. And oh, by the way, this roster may look pretty different than it did the last couple of years. So um, they aren't pushing them out the door, but there are a lot of subtle signs that what they're handling and have handled the last few weeks um, that show you kind of where they stand on this. And I think a, a not insignificant part of this is they feel a lot better about Jordan Love now than they did in either of the last two off seasons. Yeah, Albert, (laughs) the Jets are clearly recruiting um, him heavy. You see some of the players here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just, he did his darkness retreat. We're hearing sort of these things like it's coming soon. When do you think we're going to get a a decision? Because I'm I'm tired of waiting. I want to (laughs) know. I I mean, like I said, like it's, you know, I mean, like, my my weekend is going to consist of me making sure that nothing's happened while I'm at like youth hockey games. So, uh, you know, I, I think that we'll probably get a decision before Wednesday. Uh, does that mean Saturday? Does that mean Monday? Does that mean Wednesday? I'm not sure. Um, but I, I, I do think that, that Aaron Rodgers is going to respect the process for both teams here. And remember, you know, like there's some, there's some train of, train of thought here that like he'd just be screwing the Packers by waiting. 
he'd sort of be screwing the Jets too, you know, and if, if he's planning on playing right. for the Jets, like he wants to be in place before the start of free agency so they can start doing the things that teams in that position where you've got the older quarterback that puts you in win now mode would do, you know, and they've got some flexibility to do some things because some of their best players, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Ollie Vera Tucker, Brees Hall coming back off the injury, um, you know, Quinn and Williams, a lot of those guys are still on rookie contracts. So they got the flexibility to do some things, you know, but as you guys know, if you wait until April 1st to make your decision, a lot of those things come off the table. And so um, it's not only the best thing for the Packers, but it'd be the best thing for the Jets for, for, for everybody to have an answer by the middle of next week too. Now I'm going to ask you about Lamar Jackson in a second, but before I get to Lamar, I want to add one more thing because we, we uh, we've shown some headlines here. One of them said, Hey, how the Jets could get Lamar Jack, uh, excuse me, how the Jets could get Aaron Rodgers without giving up their first round pick. And, and it really makes me wonder, okay, what, what kind of trade package are we talking about? Like what? Yeah. Because if I'm the Packers, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you Aaron Rodgers. You look, you better come <laughs> off a future first or the first this year. I'm getting a first yeah. round pick. Even if I want him to leave because it's Rodgers and that's what quarterbacks demand. What, what is it? Give me a sketch of a, of a trade package. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could dig, dig your heels in if you're the Packers. That's certainly an option, and the Jets seem like they're all in on this. But um, I think what's more likely is probably a second-round pick and a conditional pick or two down the road. Their second-round pick, the Jets' second-round pick, I believe falls at 43rd overall, which isn't that far off from being a first-rounder. So, like, I think it'll probably wind up being a combination of that and, again, like a conditional pick maybe in 24 that would be based on how he performs in 23 or – um, and or conditional pick in 25 that's based on how he performs and whether or not he plays in 2024 and plays for the Jets in 2024. So I think that's the more likely package. I think part of this, Michael, is, is you know, his age. Part of it is his contract that you're asking another team to assume the $60 million. And then, you know, there's also the fact that there aren't a, a huge number of suitors out there. In fact, there may only be one. So um, I think all of that plays into the fact that the value isn't the same as, say, it was when the Lions traded Matthew Stafford or the Broncos traded um, pra- traded or the I mean Seahawks traded Russell Wilson or when the um, when the when the Texans traded Deshaun Watson. This is a totally different situation. So I think it, I think it is going to be difficult for the Packers to get a first round pick in return. Tell me uh, it, quickly, who does Lamar Jackson play for in 2023, and what's his contract look like? Ravens and you know I think the compromise here is doing like a Kirk Cousins type of contract guys like I I, everybody's fixated on the Deshaun Watson contract I think that one's hard because um I I think the reason why that one's hard is because you know you 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 look at his playing style and the type of offense you're going to run for him and then the injury history he's missed over 30 percent of the snaps two years in a row where if you're the team you say you know that's a bridge too far. There are plenty right. of standard comedians I don't think are that funny. I've never thought that Martin Lawrence was very funny. I don't even really like the show Martin. Never did. Still don't. Damn right? it, Jason. I never thought Jamie oh, Foxx was that great of a stand-up comedian. Oh, my I know. God. I, I'm just, okay. Y'all know me. I'm just being honest. So, don't do. Just being honest. Dude. Dude. So, 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 so I'm saying that to say that. Don't be so honest. Don't, like don't be so honest. I know you have a career. larger point. But golly. <laughs> Don't be I'm so sorry. I've never thought Martin Lawrence was funny. I've seen a grand total of three episodes of Martin. That show never makes me laugh. Like, seriously, it never makes me laugh. But I don't like friends either. So, you know, I'm that guy. 
okay, I hear you. Although your credibility is quite questionable. It's like everything you said after <laughs> Jamie Foxx ain't that good of a stand-up comedian and Martin Lawrence ain't funny. It's kind of like I, I have a hard time listening to you without listening through that uh, <laughs> through that context. Oh, the comments, the comments continue. And, and my favorite, damn it, Jason. Damn it. <laughs> Well, listen, Michael, we had some heavy hitters on this one. Roland Martin. It's time, oh, to, Roland put, Martin. <laughs> time to put Dr. Jason's black card in review status. <laughs> Another viewer, your black card is currently suspended. Please contact your local black office to discuss the methods of reinstatement. Ah, uh, they were going in. Brian Alexander Morgan, another heavy hitter. He's done stuff for SWV, all the greats in the music industry. Oh my he, God! So he funny. actually agrees on 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 with with Jason on Martin stand up, but the show, however, was funny. Um, and it's still one of the funniest MFs <laughs> ever, starting with Wanda, and he just goes on and on. And Doc okay. and Jason, Jason continues to defend it. He continues to 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 about these takes in the comments. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. He keep he keeps defending it. And and okay, you know what I did? I, I noticed this because I watched this clip. I was so stunned by his Martin, his Martin comment that I missed. Initially, I didn't see this. I, I, I'm telling you, Nat, I didn't see it until the replay. That he that he went in on Jamie Foxx. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jamie Foxx? And when Michael said to him off the air, he said, Have you seen I Might Need Security? I don't think Jason was familiar with that great <laughs> Jamie Foxx stand-up, I might need security. Like Mike and I quote that all the time. It's hilarious. Right. I, but it's but Nat, you know, this is really just overall, it's interesting to me who people think are funny or what they think is funny. Yeah. Because we start off with that clip, that clip, we start off talking about Chris Rock. And, you know, I thought Chris Rock's special was funny. I could tell Mike Smith, yeah, he wasn't feeling parts of it. And we never and we never got to it with Jim Trotter, who was on the next day. No. But Trotter, Trotter put in his feed that Chris Rock special was not must-see TV. So no. he, wasn't, he wasn't really feeling it either. How about you? I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it. Did you like it? I mean, it, it's it's funny because Chris Rock used to be one of my favorite comedians. Um, and I just think sometimes with age, things don't age well, you know, and like some of the mm -hmm. things, and even and and even Martin to an extent, because I want to take kind of the, the other side here and maybe help Jason out a little bit. Um, there were people pointing out that there are certain things about Martin when you go back and look at the way he used to go at um, Tashina Arnold's, Arnold's character in the show could be deemed misogynistic. And so Chris Rock has a thing with black women and we've talked about it and it's a, it's a conversation for a different day. But there's just some of the things he says that rubs me the wrong way. And also there are things he says that I think are funny. And, you know, so I didn't love it but there were parts of it that hit and I'm, I'm in that camp. Yeah, which I think is successful comedy because if I, even with my favorite comics, whoever, whoever or your favorite comic, if you agree with everything, I think they've missed. A, a, a great comic will push you, gotta push you a little bit, gotta make you a little uncomfortable 
or you got to be thinking you got to be thinking after the show not just oh that was really funny but oh is that true let me let me let me wrestle with that a little bit i if if if, if my comic is not making me wrestle my comic has failed me i want to laugh but i also want to think a little bit yeah, but jason johnson out of hand. And Damn by the way, complaining about the revoking his black card. It's just jokes. Don't take that oh, so seriously. Oh, he knows. <laughs> hey, y'all. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you on Monday. A lot of stuff to talk about. Our brother from another will be here at 3 Eastern. See you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.